You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I want to start this morning. Many people today don't even know what's going on in their own hearts. The Bible teaches us that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. You'll often hear people will come and say, Pastor, you know my heart. Oh, I know my heart. No, no, no. I don't know your heart, and you don't know your heart. The only way we can know your heart is if we view what's going on in your heart in the light of God's Word. And the Bible says this Word has the ability to discern between the intents and the thoughts of your heart. That's why you have to allow this Word to cut you so you can see what's going on in your heart. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews 12. Many times, we repeat the same mistakes, do the stupid same things over and over, although we have seen the repercussions of what we've been doing. There's one thing that you see from generation to generation. Previous, current generations don't learn from the mistakes of previous generations. They say in their hearts, I will do it better from the beginning. And not make those mistakes. But you make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Although you've seen how destructive it can be. What often happens sometimes. After you've healed from the punishment of your sins and your stupid mistakes. You forget about the pain that it caused. And you do the same thing again. Because you never allow the Word of God to become an integral part of yourself. If you allow the Word of God to become an integral part of yourself and start to dominate your heart, by its very nature it will change you so that you can start to act with God, walk with God, plan with God. I'm preaching to Christians because I want you to be ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody faces challenges, man. Everybody faces, this life is full of challenges, full of temptations. So don't let your heart, because of things that's in your heart, create more challenges than what you really need. Hebrews 12 verse 1, listen to what the Bible says. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like a cloud. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. He's saying, in heaven, there's a cloud of witnesses that's looking at us and cheering us on to say, finish strong. He says, but if you want to finish strong, let go of the past pain. God does not consult your past in determining your future. The one who discusses your past is the devil. But God knows your future. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody's got wounds. Tell them everybody's got a sad story. Say, most people's story is even more sad than yours. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race. Marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out for us. 
So God says there's a cloud of witnesses. There's a race that you have to run. Let's say this is the race, the track that's been set out for me, this lane here. This is why I have to run. That's the goal, the prize. As I start running here now, the devil will throw things at me to get me off this track. A fleshly battle. I can come here to this place and I'm thinking, wow, I'm doing so great. And pride can enter into my heart and it lifts me up to this position. And here suddenly I'm off the track. I might feel elevated, I'd feel better than other people. But I'm missing it. Because there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Between humility and pride. Between good deeds and evil deeds. So in this race, if your eyes are on the goal, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. But now while you're running here, the enemy will throw things at you to get you distracted. I'm supposed to be there and do what I'm supposed to do. But now I get to this place here and I get offended with this brother. Now we are fighting. And I get stuck here. The Bible says, this wound that he has caused, put it behind you. So that you can get back on track and run. But now I run and I think, Biltan, this guy, I'm going to sort him out. If I find him alone, there's going to be trouble. And you carry this thing in your heart. Oh, I get here, I remove this person out of my life. But the anger and the bitterness is still in my heart. And I've opened a door for the devil now to affect me in my running a straight race for God. Turn to the person next to you. Say to them, run a straight race. All that the enemy wants to do, the Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. All that he is looking for is just to open a door to, for him to get his footing. James chapter 1 says, don't say God tempts you. But it's when that desire comes into your heart and that seed is planted and you don't deal with that seed, it starts to grow. And when it matures, it produces death in your life. What is the spirit of Satan? It's the spirit of killing, stealing, and destroying. But when you are God's property, He promises to protect you, to be under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's say here, if I run here in God's will and plan, I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. So even now when the enemy comes to me and I go into a deep valley, then it is, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord will be with me because I'm moving where He wants me to move. But if I now go where God does not want me to go, You've made the decision to move out under that protection. You cannot blame God. Do you know how you move out under 
that protection, let me read it to you. Just turn to James chapter 1 quickly. Verse 13. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and He is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts. Do you know what temptation will do? Temptation will reveal the desires and the thoughts that's in your heart. That's why God sometimes allows you to go through certain things. To show you what's in your heart. If a man in his heart has got a desire, if I go away, I'm going to cheat on my wife. When I go to that fast city, nobody will know I'm going to cheat on my wife. If he's got that desire in his heart, he might not even have cheated her. He's opened the door for the devil to start to operate in his heart. Now with that desire that's there, it's very easy to send somebody. They're saying, you know what, I'm going out tonight and I want to pick up a man. Because there's a world that is real in the spirit. How is it that you can put people in a camp, a school camp, from different schools, or people will go and join, the, say, the army. They shave your hair the same. They put you in the same uniform. All of you look the same outwardly. But within one day, the guys that are smoking dacha, they are all together. The guys that are criminals, they are all together. The guys doing this bad things, they are all together. The people worshipping Jesus, they are all together. Why? Because of the familiar spirits. When you give room, and you're not busy with what you're supposed to be busy with, it gets dangerous. A very good example to use is we all know soccer, we all know rugby. If you want to score... And when you need the ball in your hand or you need the ball in your, on your side. Amen? Amen? If you have the ball the whole time, you have the opportunity to win. But if you don't have the ball, you cannot win. And what we oftentimes do, we throw the ball to the devil. And you throw the ball to the devil by doing these things you're not supposed to do. The New King James says, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares you. Do you know the little sin that so easily ensnares you? Okay, just turn to the person next to you and say, everybody makes mistakes. Tell them, everybody experiences a battle between the flesh and the spirit. We all face these battles. Everybody faces these battles. Go to Genesis chapter 4. Let me show you something quickly. I think verse 6. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Do you know sin has a desire for you? The thing is, everybody that's born into this world are born with a rebellious nature. Don't tell me what to do. Can you ask me what to do? What's that? What nonsense is that? You tell your children what to do. Because you're busy training them. I don't ask my children what is the pin on your phone. 
I said, tell me what it is. I want to know what's going on on your phone. <laughs> this is the way that you give foothold to the devil. When you look at wrong things, you're opening the door for the devil. The power of sin is in its secrecy. A teenager that says, I need my privacy. Nonsense. You don't need privacy. Your parents need to know everything that's going on in your life. Because they have a responsibility to look out for your soul. Like I have a responsibility to look out for your soul. Amen? Because the young people, hmm. Yes, all of you are going to tell your mother your pin. So you better delete all the nonsense that you don't want them to see off very quickly. Amen? Because that's the only reason you want a secret pin on. Because you're having conversations with your friends using language you know we don't use in the church, sending pictures that people in the church should not look at, and bringing that nonsense into your parents' home. It stops today. Amen? So if your child is naughty and at 16 sits with a spirit of lust or rebellion, you can bring him to the prayer line, but if you don't sort it out on his phone, he's leaving here and he's going to do the same thing again and be seven times worse. You're wasting your time. Then you start saying, the gospel doesn't work. They prayed for him and nothing changed. And you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit because God will strike at the root and deal with that thing. But if you don't change the desire in your heart, nothing will change. Cain had a grudge against his brother because the Lord accepted his brother's offering and not his. And the reason why God did that is because Abel brought the first fruits. He brought the first. He put God first. It's not that Cain didn't give anything to God. He might have brought 10 wheelbarrows full of fruit. We don't know. And maybe Abel just brought two little lamb. We don't know. But we know it was about a heart attitude. That God said, I can see this man is putting me first and you are not putting me first. Be careful. And that grudge, that unhappiness, that offense led him to being a murderer, a killer, and he killed his brother. So the door that you open, that small little thing, will always take you further than what you want to go. Do you know why? Because when you open the door, and you think it's a small sin, sin is sin. And everything sin can do to you, the devil can do to you. Deal with the desire in your heart before it deals with you. You can sit here and smile and say hallelujah, but God looks right into your heart and he knows what's going on there. Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Everybody was selling their goods, bringing the money to the apostles so that the kingdom of God could advance. Nobody was forced to do it. They could do it if they wanted to do it. And Ananias said, I also want to do it. We're going to do it. But in his heart, there was greed. And that greed led him to lying. Amen? Because he never dealt with greed in his heart. And Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? When you open the door of your heart to the devil, he will fill it with all ugly things. You might just say, oh, I'm just keeping a little bit back. Because I want to do this and this and I deserve it. Then why did you say, I'm going to do it? Then rather not do it. 
Go to 2 Samuel 11 verse 1. Let me show you this. God has anointed you for a purpose. David was anointed to be a king. This was his lane that he had to run in. He had to do what he had to do. Some of you know on a Sunday you must come to church. But now you decide, no, I'm not going to go to church. Here the Bible says, at the appointed time. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. That David sent Joab and his servants with him and all to Israel. What was David? He was a king. What time is this? It's for kings to go to battle. It's time for him to work now. Amen? Today, the marketplace is a place of war. Am I right? Am I talking to the right people? It's not a picnic or an encounter group or walk in the park. If you tell people business, business, people are ruthless. Amen? You have to be alert. The Bible says when he was supposed to go out to battle, he stayed at home. Turn to the person next to you and say, you better be busy with God's assignment or it can derail you. Maybe he said in his heart, I deserve to take a break. I deserve just to rest a little bit. I am the king now. Let them serve me and I'll just tell them what to do. We don't know what the motives was. His motives were in his heart. Go to the next verse. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elohim, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And you know the story after this. His busybodiness, his laziness in his heart led him to a place of committing adultery and becoming a murderer because he never dealt with that desire in his heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is serious stuff. Tell them, this heart of mine can destroy my life. Wrong desires can derail you. Go to Psalm 51. David said, I'm so ashamed. I feel such pain and anguish within me. I can't get away from the sting of my sin against you, Lord. Everything I did, I did right in front of you, for you saw it all. And against you and you above all have I sinned. Everything you say to me is infallibly true, and your judgment conquers me. The New King James says, my sin is always before me. You know, the biggest mistake that we do these days, we take our sin and we just move it to the side. But if that sin is here before you, you know Christ can deal with that sin in your life. The Holy Spirit can deal with that sin. In this game that we are playing, you know what we often do with sin? We give sin a yellow card. We say, okay, I'm going to break with you for 10 minutes. Just go sit there on the side, but 10 minutes from now you can come back. Instead of giving sin a red card. If he gets a red card, he's off the field. If it's soccer or rugby, you're off the field. Whether it's hockey, you're off the field. But we try and strike a deal with the devil. Everybody can be tempted. And temptation can come in any way. At any time, in any form. 
Your best friend can become a temptation in your life. Amen? Your pastor that you admire so much can cause an offense in your life because of an expectation that you have in your heart towards the pastor. Amen? You can, you can, you can sit here today and say, oh, this is a spiritual, if this is a spiritual man, he, know, he will know that I need a word from God. If he doesn't give me a prophetic word today, he's not a man of God. When you get offended, say, that church was supposed to help me and give me a word. No, they didn't give me a word. The message I'm preaching right now to you is a prophetic word. Amen. Accept it into your heart and let your life change. Amen. 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 David said, my sin is ever before me. Don't say it's nothing. That's the thing we have today. David was a passionate sinner. But he was passionate when it came to repenting. He says, Lord, you desire purity, holiness in the most inner part of my being. It's not sacrifice that you're interested in. You're interested in the obedience in my heart. Is the desire in your heart to be obedient to God's word? Because if you allow the word of God to dominate your heart, the desires that will come from your heart will be kingdom desires. Judas walked with Jesus. He was discipled with Jesus. God used him for healing, for deliverance. But in his heart, he had the desire to steal. And he used to steal. That stealing led him to become a betrayer. Turn to the person next to you and say, Sin will always take you further than what you want to go. That's why you have to deal with that desire. In Genesis 4, God spoke and He warned Cain. He said, be careful. This thing is waiting at your door. Its desire is for you. Rule over that sin. Don't let it rule over you. Remember, you are a free moral agent. This is a dilemma you find yourself in. Even if you say the devil made me do it, the devil cannot grab your hands and make you do it. The devil will put that desire in your heart. But if you replace that with the word of God, you're ruling over it. But we so easily give in to our fleshly desires. Many people have sat in a church with a calling upon their lives. And because of a fleshly desire, they've tried to split the church or split churches. And you lead people in a path of offense because the Bible says you cannot build on another man's foundation. Amen? Judas was with Jesus, called by Jesus, walked with Jesus, heard the teachings of Jesus. But because he didn't deal with that desire, that desire dealt with him. Joseph, when temptation came, he ran away because he knew who he was in Christ. The word of God was dominating his heart and he says, now I'm going to run. But what do we do today? Shame, you must be battling with lust. Can you come? Let me just pray with you and lay hands on you. Many of you bring people to the prayer line. They don't want to come to the prayer line. They don't want to deal with lust. The lust is still their friend. And Jesus will not deliver you from your friends. You need to see sin as your enemy. God sees your heart. 
I once had a young man here in the prayer line. Please deliver me from the spirit of lust. I said, okay, fine, brother. We can pray for you. I said, no, wait. God has shown me something about you. You have a girlfriend. He says, yes. Saying you want to marry this woman. Yes. I said, the problem is you want to stop sleeping around with all your girlfriends on the campus. But you still want to stay with this woman and have sex with her. He says, so you want God to deliver you from lust with other women. But you still want to continue here. What has changed in your heart? Nothing. I said to him, okay, let somebody go and explain salvation to him. And then you tell me if you want to come back for prayer. Do you know what was the heart's sore thing? He yielded to his flesh and he walked out and said, I don't want prayer. Family, you cannot defeat the devil on your own. You're not strong enough. That's why Jesus came to help you. His desire for fleshly things was still there and he was not prepared to deal with it. Some of you come with contracts. You say, please pray for me. Pastor, this is a big contract. I'm going to get so much and I want to bless the kingdom of God and do well. But in your heart, you've purpose when you get this contract. The people that's going to work with you, you're not going to pay them what you're supposed to pay them. And then the deal doesn't come through. Because God is thinking about those people. And you think God does not know your desire. Am I helping some of you here this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, I have my part to play. You have to ask yourself, what are the desires in your heart? Because the desires in your heart will be revealed at the time of temptation. God took Israel into the wilderness to test them, to see what's in their hearts, to show them what's in their hearts. What manifested in the wilderness? When Moses was busy with God, what was manifesting down there? A golden calf. And so many Christians on the way to the promised land must first write the test of the golden calf. Because of wrong desires. They were set free. They were delivered. But the desires in their hearts never changed. Remember how they complained. If we could just go back and eat the catfish of the Nile River. Now you've brought us here to die. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Do you know why we need to deal with the things of our hearts? There's a saying, prevention is better than cure. If you don't deal with the desires in your heart, the desires will deal with you. Desires you have during this December holiday. Deal with it before it deals with you. God has brought you so far. Don't through one stupid desire break all of that down and destroy it. Get ready to go from glory to glory and from strength to strength. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. We all experience times of testing which is normal for every human being. You're not special. It's a normal thing. Life has got enough tests and trials. Don't create unnecessary tests and trials for yourself through stupid decisions. Because some of the things you are going through now, you cannot blame your pastor, you cannot blame your wife, you cannot even blame the devil. You can only blame yourself. Very quiet now. We 
We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided the way out or the way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. So family, if God is working with you, even if you're going through a time of testing, God will be with you and He'll help you. Job's testing, God allowed it. But He showed him the way out. And he never sinned with his mouth once. His wife told him, curse God and die. Is it worth it? And he held on to his integrity. So even if you're going through a time of testing, God says, I will not allow it to be above what you can handle. I'll give you the grace to handle it. Remember what he said to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. I've heard your petition about the thorn in your flesh. The answer is no. But there will be grace for you to handle it. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is walking with me. God says here, I will make a way of escape. I will show you what is the way out of this situation. So Job, the way out for him was when he started praying for his friends. The Lord established a breakthrough for him and restored back double to him. God will show you what is the way out. So even in a difficult time, the first thing is, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. Help me. The problem we have today is too many people are trying to live a victorious life without the Holy Spirit. You cannot be victorious without God in your life. The first place you need to prosper in your life is in your spiritual life. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, the best is yet to come. Tell them again, say the best is yet to come. So if I'm on God's agenda, and this is the path, it doesn't matter what comes my way, God will give me the grace to be able to handle it. God will give me the wisdom, the understanding to say, okay, get out of the situation like this and this. But it's one, once we step out of God's race, God's path, David when he was not busy with what God told him to do, wrong desires came into his heart. So, if you look at wrong things, you go to wrong places. Okay, let me explain to you something quickly. Let's say this is a door. This is a door. God said to Cain, sin is lying at your door. We know what sin can do to you, the devil can do to you. Turn to the person next to you say, there's hope. As long as we keep our hope in God. So whatever you're facing right now, you can handle it. Family, it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. It doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. Don't do the person that you say, you can still be tempted. The Bible says, but when you are tempted, God will make a way out of it, and you make a decision to rule over it. 
Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The blessing is greater than the curse. Light expels darkness. Do you believe God has allowed the light of his favor to shine upon your ways? That light will expel all shades of darkness. But the thing is, when we walk on that path where that light is, we say, okay, now wait. Let me just step out to the darkness quickly here. Then we say, God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? You stepped out. God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. This is the way that you have to walk in. But many people, unfortunately, don't choose the narrow way. Turn to the person next to you say, sin will always take you further than what you want to go. So young people, let me tell you something. You're playing with fire. If you have a secret pin on your phone that your parents cannot see what's going on on your phone. I want you to finish strong. The decisions you make now, young people, determines your future. Amen. Do what you're supposed to do now at this age. And don't try and do it later in your 30s and 40s and 50s. Then you meet the woman that you love and you want to just focus upon her, but you've flooded your mind with so much pornography that you cannot focus on that woman. Yes. Because your desires now for so many pinups that you have or photos that you have. Same for ladies. Ladies are just as much into porn as guys. So you can talk about everything in church. If I say now, who's battling with negative thoughts? Come out, let me pray for you. They'll come. Who's got thoughts of suicide? They'll come. Okay, who's battling with pornography? Come out. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> but it's the truth. Jesus said, if you look in a wrong way to a woman, you've committed adultery already. He raised the bar. Come with us. No, I'm just looking at the menu. I'm not eating from the menu. What nonsense is that? What Bible is that? You mean you have a desire in your heart to look at other naked women and your wife? That's what you're saying. And vice versa for the ladies, the same is true. Deal with that desire before it deals with your marriage. Deal with that desire before it deals with you. Romans 6. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, it will lead you into perfect righteousness. You choose. That's the dilemma we have. You're a free moral agent. You can make the decision. When our hearts are full of God's word, it's easy to make decisions that line up with the word of God. But when your heart is filled with all other things, it opens the door for the devil to fill your heart with what he wants there. When you meet somebody, what are you after? You want to know that their heart belongs to you. You want them to give your, their heart to you. God is after your heart. In our hearts, we are made to be like God. But in this heart, there's so many things going on. A good man stores up good things in his heart. What have you been storing up in your heart? Hatred, greed, greed. 
unfaithfulness? What are the things that you've been storing up in your heart? Because your heart will always reveal the true you. The desires that you have will be revealed in the time of temptation. If you're ruling over those things, those things cannot tempt you. Even when Jesus was hungry and the devil tempted him with bread, he said, I might be hungry, but I'm not desperate. My desire is for the word of God. Man shall not live of bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he could declare the word of God. But if he yielded to his fleshly desires after a 40-day fast, but his desire was to please his father, I do everything that I see my father is doing. My father would not eat these loaves now, would not change these rocks into loaves. I'm not going to do it. Turn to the person next to you and say, I might be hungry, but I'm not desperate. Single people, let me hear you say, I might be single, but I'm not desperate. Because if you're desperate, that desire for a husband or the desire for a wife, and you are desperate, the devil can very easily bring the wrong person. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. And it will own you and reward you with death. What good is it if you say Jesus is your Lord, but you don't obey his word? It means you are saying it with your mouths, but your hearts are far from Him. Because the desires in your heart are pulling you towards other things. God says, I can see it. These people sing songs with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. Their desire is not for me. Their desire is for other things, and I can see it. That's why God says, worship me in spirit and in truth. What is spirit? Spirit is your heart. Poison is poison. Doesn't matter how it comes to you. Poison is poison. You know how they catch a fox on the farm if it's eating the little lambs? They take the best piece of fillet and they put a little bit of poison just here on the one side. And they let that fox eat all the nice fillet. But then he is so greedy and so I've got that he eats everything. Sometimes something can look healthy. But it's poison. Poison is poison. Do you know how people poison each other with words? Hebrews, that same Hebrews 12, you can read on. It says, be careful, lest a root of bitterness springs up in your heart. And by this, many people become defiled. How do you defile people? With your mouth. People that you are offended with. You'll talk about them. That offense, that grudge, will lead you to a place where you hate them. And you start to do things you never did, which you would never have done. Some things that you said is, no, I'll never do it. Or things that you've been taught, this is not right. Because you've started to open the door just a little bit like this. These things have come into your life. And two, three, two, three years later... Things you would have said no to. You say, 
yeah, perhaps we can go there. Jesus is with us. We can maybe, you know what? Yes, let's go there because then we can minister to the people there. Go where the Holy Spirit leads you. You know what we do? The Bible teaches us how it works. We know now the seed gets planted, your desire, your own thoughts, and then that thing starts to grow. Once that thing starts to grow, it's here. Now you will just first walk with him. Let's say he sin. So I'm not going to sin. But now I just start walking with him. I just start associating with it. I'm not doing what he's doing, but I'm just moving along the things he's doing. This is first that happens. So now the desire is growing. Now say, ah, do we have to hang around so much? Move around so much? No, no, no. Come, let's just stand here. Now I'm still standing with him. <laughs> I'm not doing it. God knows my heart. I'm not doing it. Yes, I'm here. Jesus was also close to sinners, but I'm just here. Bad company corrupts good morals. You know what's the next thing that happens? The next thing that happens now, now I sit with this. When I'm sitting here with it, now I'm stuck. Now to get up, it's very uh, to get up is very difficult. Because now I'm sitting with it, and it's got me. Now this desire... Are you judging me? Why are you judging me now? And things a year ago or two years ago you would never do or think about or go to that place. It's now become gray and you say, oh, let's just go there. Because the desire that you've not dealt with is pulling you in the direction. Let us not tempt the devil to tempt us. You know the desires of your heart. If you're not sure that which you are busy with, just take this Word of God and read it. It's got the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. It will reveal to you if this desire is pure, if this desire is approved by the Word of God or not. But we reason things and we justify things. Be careful. Deal with those things that you have to deal with. Poison is poison. Get out before it destroys you. Get it out of your system before it destroys you. Everything that's not of God, work it out of your system. And deal with those desires before those desires deal with you. And you see, your life will be much easier. If you have the ball, you are the striker. You are the one that can score. If you have got the ball, then you can go over the try line. But if you pass that ball to the enemy's team, he's been playing this game much longer than you. He will strike much harder and faster than whatever you could think. So don't open a door for the devil in any area. Be your brother's keeper. Remember, Cain said to God, am I my brother's keeper? We are supposed to watch out for one another. You need to come and say, my brother, you know what? This desire that you had, five years ago it was a good desire. But this desire now has become unhealthy. Things have become gray. You're not focused anymore. Ask God, what's the way out? You know, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. He was saying these fleshly desires, I have to kill them. I have to put them on the cross. You know how God does that? You have your part to play. So you have to come. And take that hammer and that nail and hit it through your hand. 
Sometimes it's painful to deal with desires. And you heat it through your hand. Before you heat it through your hand, you just heat it through your feet quickly. Pa, pa, pa. Crucifying yourself with Christ. Pa, pa, pa. Now you come, put a nail through here. Pa, 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 pa. Now guess what? What are you going to do with this hand? I want to be crucified. Brother Simon, can you quickly come and just nail this one for me? You see what God will do? God will use somebody in the front row to crucify your flesh. Should I get angry with him? No. I should say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my brother, for helping me kill the flesh, for looking out for me. Amen. Have I helped you here? I'm closing with this. John chapter 5, verse 15. Jesus said to the man after he was healed, he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happens to you. He said, you're saying, all those wrong desires in your heart, the things that you still wanted to do that you said, once I'm healed, I'm going to do this and this and this. He says, don't do them, lest the worst thing happens to you. You know God's path now. He was saying to the smoker, don't now because I've healed you from smoking, become a better smoker. But that desire for cigarettes, deal with it. Otherwise it will deal with you. Am I helping some of you? Because God looks at your heart. A person that comes, say, with a serious disease. Let's say HIV. Let's say somebody comes with HIV and the person got the HIV in a way that is not right. But now they've turned to God, they say, God, heal me. Should they come here and the desires in their heart, Lord, heal me, because there's still so many women I want to sleep with. Should God heal the person to become a better sinner? God looks in your heart. God heals us, delivers us, sets us free so that we can serve Him better. That grace is there to empower us to be a better Christian. On this path, the devil will throw desires into your heart. Fleshly things will come your way. But make the decision to deal with those desires before they deal with you. Seal up. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.